I started something last week I want to continue on this week, and it's about abundantly blessed, living abundantly blessed. So this would be part two of living abundantly blessed. Why don't you look at somebody and say, you, you are supposed to, are supposed to live, live abundantly, abundantly blessed. blessed. Now, it doesn't matter where you're at. Listen, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you've gone through in your life. It doesn't matter the conditions that you were brought up under. It doesn't matter who hurt you or didn't hurt you or what happened in your life. God said you are supposed to live abundantly blessed. One more time, I want you to say it out as loud as you can from your heart. I want you to say, I, I am supposed to, am supposed to live, live abundantly, abundantly blessed. blessed. Turn over in your Bibles to John 10.10. 10. Again, one of the greatest scriptures to our knowledge, one of, the, one of the scriptures we most need in our life, one that we should have and hold on to and that we should use every single day in our experience with life, one that should help us to, to, to define the, the uh, level of relationship that God has with us, what he desires for us, one that clearly defines for us the differences between knowing Jesus and not knowing Jesus and the purpose of Jesus is this scripture. You, you need to absolutely have this one correct. You need to have this in your life. You need to have this complete in you and a complete understanding of this scripture. And it's pretty simple. And it's, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it, it divides the New Testament for us. Meaning that there are, you know, if we're going to look and try and define all of it, we can say at the crux of it or the heart, at the bottom, the foundation. If this is our foundation, if we understand this principle, if we get this principle, if we get this scripture clearly as a dividing position for us, then we won't, we'll, we'll be able to correctly, I believe, interpret the scriptures. And without this, we could do it a different way. We'd have a different perspective on the scriptures, but I think the correct perspective can come from the knowledge of this scripture. The thief. Look at somebody and say, the devil. The, devil. the thief comes to kill, to steal, or steal, kill, and... I mean, if there's, if, if there's ever a clearer, defining scripture ever written, I don't know of it. I mean, it clearly tells us the, the purpose, plans, thoughts, uh, intents, and actions of the devil. The devil came. The devil to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Then it says, but. I love but. And I love the big butts. And I cannot lie. <laughs> I mean, I like big butts. Now, see, y'all mind went so. <laughs> but Jesus came. Why did Jesus come? <laughs> but Jesus came. Look at somebody and say, but Jesus came. You got to know why did Jesus come? But Jesus came. The reason. Jesus came is because he came 
to bring me life and that more abundantly. You got to know, I mean, the purpose of Jesus, the reason Jesus came, and the reason the devil, the purposes, the divine uh, knowledge must come to you, and information must clearly impact your life, that anything bad came from the devil. Look at somebody, you know, one of my favorite things to do is, do we going to do it today? What am I going to do? Devil bad, right? Devil bad, God good. Man, that is just amazing to me. People don't get it. It's amazing to me that we, that we haven't really realized this. And I do, that, I do this so much, you know, because it's, it has to be this clear as we go forward with the scriptures. You have got to know that it is, if anything's being stolen from your life, if there's death and destruction and mayhem, you know, conditions of, uh, uh, that are negative, that are hurtful and harmful, you just got to know you got to know that came from the devil. You got to know it. Now, ultimately, somebody said, I mean, is the devil doing all that? It came from the devil. I mean, Adam's sin brought sin and brought death and destruction to us. And because of that, the devil was able to, to control the circumstances of our, of, of the, of our uh, uh, custodial things here in the earth and so forth. I mean, but we have a right through Jesus to take back what we were supposed to have in the garden. That God had given man authority in the garden. God had gave him, given man dominion in the garden. And so it is Jesus who came to restore authority and dominion to mankind. He came to, to defeat the works of the enemy. And what are the works of the enemy? To steal, kill, and destroy. Man, you know, if I'd have known this when I was a kid. You know, these, these young people that are sitting in here, you know, 13, 12, 14, whatever, and they're just defining their relationship with God, trying to figure out who God is and all those. I didn't know all this. I only had a religious thought process. And I thought you had to, you know, I was crying at the altars every week getting saved. Because I didn't know once I, if I accepted Jesus Christ that he's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. And that I didn't, I mean, that, that, I, that I didn't have to go to the altar every week. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, you ain't got to go to the altar every week. When you get saved, live saved. Don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Live saved, the Bible says. I mean, he says we don't have to fulfill the lust of the flesh, and I'm not going to. And I learned how to live under the Spirit. They, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. I mean, I'm not trying to find out how far I can live from God and still be saved. I want to find out how close I can be to God. And then I found out that my problem wasn't God, it was the devil. Boy, when I, if I'd have known that at these kids' age. That's why it's important that you parents and adults get it so you can put it in your children so they don't have to go through the mess. Anybody in here ever been through some mess? I've been through some mess. I've been through some serious mess. And had I known this, had I only known that my problem wasn't God and that he was the one I could go to and serving God, loving God, uh, working with God, obeying his word would make my life wonderful, exciting, would, would, would transform me and bring me to higher places. Man, where would I be today if I didn't have some of the mess? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Listen, listen, I, I read this to you the other day, but I love this. From the message translation of the Bible, first I want to read the amplified translation, then I'm going to read the message. John 10, 10 from the, from the Amplified Bible says, the thief comes in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might enjoy life 
and have abundance to the full till it overflows. I like that. God wants my life to overflow. The message translation says this, a thief is only there to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that you can have real and eternal life, more and better life than you ever dreamed of. God wants me to have a life better than I've ever dreamed of. Wherever you are today, Whatever position you're in today, whatever calamities or catastrophes you may be facing today, whatever disasters have come into your life or things that have come that the devil brought, it does not mean you cannot have that. You can have that today. God is so good that he will start over. I love the fact God's got a do-over. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I used to play golf. And I used to have a really great score. I scored in the 90s. That's pretty good, right? But I had about 15 mulligans. And if you don't know what a mulligan is, that's a do-over. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Y'all ever play putt-putt golf or anything? My kids played putt-putt golf with me for the first time the other day. We did every hole at least four times, three or four times. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A do-over. That's how God is. That's what God is in our life. If something happens... God does not have a plan B. I know you've been taught that. All of a sudden, I could sense everybody went, what? God doesn't have a plan B? No, that suggests that his plan has to be altered and you get an alternate plan. As if God didn't know what you were going to experience. God didn't know what you were going to have in your life. The challenges you were going to face, the disasters that might come. God didn't know. God does know. God only has plan A. Look at somebody and say, God only has plan A. Okay, y'all, listen, you're going to get this because I'm going to say it again. You need to get this. God only has plan A. What do you mean, Pastor Steve? God's smart enough to know how to update the plan. He doesn't have an alternate plan. You're not a second-class citizen. Something's going to be depleted in your life. You'll never actually be what God called you to be because you're going to have plan B. Oh, no. Oh, no. God said you could have a life better. That's plan A. No, you didn't get that. Put that scripture back up there. Put it up there one more time. Plan A. You ready? A life better than you ever dreamed. Plan A. Plan A, no matter what has happened, no matter what has attacked you, no matter what comes, no matter what the devil has uh, managed to achieve in your life, if you'll submit yourself to the word and submit yourself to the plan A, you can have the marriage that's better. I don't know why this, I, I feel like I, I, the wind's been sucked out of the room. It's like somebody can't hardly believe what I just said. You mean I got a divorce and God still has plan A for me? Uh-huh. That's exactly what I mean. You mean I lost my job and God still has a life better than I ever dreamed? Yeah, that's what I said. You mean I went bankrupt and, and everything, I lost it all? And you mean, you, are you trying to tell me I didn't mess up so bad God can't fix it? Yep, that's what I'm telling you. 
You, you mean somebody, um, my wife died, my husband died, my mama died. You mean life, life isn't over for me? No, life is not over for you. You can still, every day of your life, every day, look at somebody and say, every day. Didn't he say his mercies are new every? Didn't he say that? I mean, I didn't, I mean, I'm just asking. New every day. Every day, God said you can have a life better than the one that you already have. And nothing can stop it but you. Nothing can keep that from happening but you. There isn't anything between you and God but you. I'm telling you, I decided. Look, I, for years I said I couldn't lose weight because I had some kind of condition. <laughs> you know, we all say that, right? Well, I think my thyroid's messed up. <laughs> I actually tried to tell my wife, I, I went online and find, I actually found a condition that suggested I had some type of a sugar issue. And the sugar issue, like I'd eat at night and I was always, every night at about 9 o'clock, I'm like, Craving and crazy to eat, you know what I'm talking about? So I can't, there's actually a condition out there that, that, that is conducive, and I just joined on to that condition. I, I have this. There must be a medication. God, help me. I found it. I found it. It's called no fork. <laughs> I found it. I found it. I found the condition. I did. I, I decided, figured it out. If you eat less and exercise, you lose weight. Isn't that amazing? There's nothing between me and my health in Jesus Christ but me. By Jesus' stripes, I'm made whole. There is nothing between me and my financial blessing but me. I can have it. The Bible says the blessings of the Lord shall come upon me. I like it. Woof. And then overtake me. Isn't that what it said? You'll be rich and he'll add no sorrow there too. There's nothing between you and God's plan but you. I mean, if, if, if it's already done, and it is, then where is the problem? It is us. It is, our, it is our belief system. It is our knowledge, our information. We are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. We don't realize that we can have a life better than we ever dreamed. You know, this week, I want to challenge every one of you in this room. I mean this. I want to challenge every one of you in this room. Please do this. I want you to run around quoting that. That God wants me to have a life better than I've ever dreamed of. I notice when I get to a place in my life, and I'm doing, I, I mean, I told you about living on the railroad tracks last week. I don't live on the railroad tracks anymore. I got two and a half acres. I live on a pond, beautiful little pond. It's empty right now, but when it's got water in it, it's beautiful. <laughs> I got three little animals, two little dogs, a cat, three beautiful kids. I put up a Christmas tree with them. What a nightmare. Beautiful wife, wonderful. I mean, but do you know that I still have a dream? I still have a dream today for what's tomorrow that isn't what I have today. Did you know that? I, not that I'm not satisfied in today. Don't get me wrong. I'm content. The Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. So I have a contentment in me. If I never had any more, I would be content. I would be. There's a contentment there. But something inside of me dreams bigger. Come on, y'all driving down that road and you see that. Uh, come on, let's go there. You're driving down the road and you see that guy go by in that Mercedes. 
Don't tell me you don't look out the window and go, man, I'd like to have that. <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, you're driving down the road, you see that big house and them horses out in the front yard with that white fence around it. You say, you know, I mean, I like where I'm at and all, but. I mean, if it wasn't true, they wouldn't have shows like, you know, the bling of the rich and the famous. They make a lot of money off of who jacked up somebody's house. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Come on now. Pimp my ride. You know what I'm talking about? You know why that show's so popular and they make a lot of money? Because everybody wants to ride pimp. Oh, come on now. Why do you think people watch South Beach and all them things like that? Because they want to see what the rich and famous got. And why is that? Because God put innately within us his desire. In my house are a bunch of shacks so that where I am, you may be also. And when you come, we've got mud streets for you. <laughs> come on, isn't that, I mean, I mean, isn't that a wrong thinking? I mean, it's completely wrong. Why? I mean, I mean if we're going to serve a God that's got mud streets and mud huts. No, in my house are many mansions. How does God think? He made his streets out of gold. Made them out of gold. The gates are pearl. That's how God thinks. God doesn't dream little. God dreamed big. Because God is big. God's huge. And God is, he said he formed man in his own. He made us like him. And that's why there is a desire within me. Now, we're not to love that stuff. It's not to control us. But inside of us, if we're going to be like God, if we're going to have the image of God on the inside of us, then there will be a constant desire for increase somewhere. And do you know the moment you reached your increase, the moment your body was healthy, the moment you'll have a desire. I mean, I found this as I get older. Anybody? All of a sudden, my skin don't look the same. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? This hair used to be black and fine, I'm talking about. Now that I'm losing weight, y'all know what stretch marks are? I do now. I do now. I know what they are. I know. Anybody know what I'm talking about? My dream is a whole lot bigger than what not. Increase. You're made for it. Do you get that? Do you understand? That's why God never intended for us to grow old. Think about it. He never intended for us to have sickness and disease, to lose our toe or our ear. He didn't intend for any of that. God never intended for our hair to be bald or gray. Some of you ladies are still dying it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. He never intended. Yeah, I shouldn't have went there. Oh. You know why they die it though, brother? Do you know why? <laughs> why? Because God made you with the desire to have a life better than you ever dreamed. And the moment you reach the dream, there is always another dream. That's why he gave us a scripture that says, that I have not seen and ear hath not heard that which God has in store for those that love him. 
Do you think your condition can stop God? Do you think that what you have faced is bigger than the God that you face? You may have made your condition bigger than God, but I promise you today that God is bigger than that marriage, that God is bigger than that wallet, that God is bigger than those bills, that God is bigger than your mess, that God's bigger than where your children are. I promise you today, and the God said he would give you the dream that is bigger than what you have now. And I'm telling you, it's time for you to step into the dream that God has for you. We are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. We're destroyed because people told us we were in this condition because God had us there. God doesn't have you there. He has you there more and better. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not afraid of it. You might get mad at me today and walk out of here and think he's one of them prosperity teachers. He's a name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. You got it, brother. You got it. You heard it straight from the horse's mouth. I watch people wanting to tribulate. They live in tribulate. Y'all know what I'm talking about. See, the word of God has to be preeminent in our lives. We want this. If we want this in our life, We've got to make the word of God preeminent in our life. It has to become the, the absolute of our life. It has to become more than what we're believing now. It has to become the final authority of our life. I want you to turn over with me. Look at this. I'll show you something. We said, we said a few things last week, but, but now that we're here, look. Turn over to Matthew chapter 16 and starting at the 15th verse. Matthew 16 starting at the 15th verse. If I want this, then I have to know and I have to have knowledge to, and know what God said or I can't have it. We're destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Some have distorted knowledge. But if I want this, I've got to have knowledge. And in this scripture, I have a story where Jesus asked Peter who men say that he is. Y'all see it? Who said unto you, but, but whom say that I say ye that I am? Next verse. And Simon answered and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Next verse. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now listen, the reason Peter was called blessed, you see that blessed? Anybody know what the word blessed means? What did I tell you it meant last week? Empowered to overcome, empowered to prosper, empowered by God. You were overpowered, Simon. Or, 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 or you were empowered, Simon, not by flesh and blood, because there's a revelation that came to you. In other words, who do men say that I am? If we looked at earlier, they asked him, and he said, they say, the world says, you're a prophet. The world says that you're this. But he was called blessed or empowered because he received a revealed word. Not, not just what was being told to him in the, in, in, the, in the world, what the world said. See, we had a, two different distinct thoughts. What do men say that I am? You're the prophet. What does the world say? What do you say? You're Jesus. One was revealed, one was experienced. One was, was sensory knowledge, the other was spirit knowledge or the word of God given to him. You see, you gotta understand the world's trying to feed you with they ain't enough money. The world is trying to feed, feed you with they aren't enough jobs. 
The world is saying, if we said, who do men say? You would say, well, the world says. CNN said. CNN said we're, we're doomed. CNN said there's going to be a war and we're all going to die. CNN said that we're going to have, I don't know that they said this. I'm just saying. But the world says one thing. You go to the doctor and the doctor says what? That you may have a disease or something. That's what the world said. Peter when he answered, did not answer what the world said. He answered what the word said. And if you're going to have what God wants you to have, you have to have the word of God, and that has to be revealed to you to come out of your mouth. So that what you speak is not the, the world's view, but the word view. What does God say about your health? What does God say about your finances? What does God say about you and your situation? Because when that is revealed to you, when you receive that knowledge, when you walk in that knowledge, you can walk in what the Word said. How many know God don't lie? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Blessed in this scripture is the same as blessed in your life. If God calls you blessed, it's going to come through a revealed Word. It's got to be revealed to you. There has to be a revelation from God for you to understand that no weapon formed against you. Oh, you didn't get that. So when something comes and it's a disaster or it's a calamity or it's a, a, it's a situation, does that mean life is over? No, God, won't you have a blessed life beyond where you are now? How do I know that? It's got to become revealed word. Who do men say that I am? Who do you? Okay, you're going to get this because I want you to get it, and I know God wants you to get it. Reveal word. Turn to John 17, 17. Our lives have to be based on the word. The word has to become the final authority. John 17, 17 says this. Thy word is truth. I want you to get a revelation. Thy word is truth. We said blessed is empowerment. Thy word is truth. What is the definition of truth? Here's the definition. The highest form of reality that exists. That's truth. Thy word is truth. What is truth? The highest form of reality that exists. Let's say it this way. Thy word is the highest form of reality that exists. So, when they come and say, you're going to die. I'm not fighting that. That may be the truth. They may have seen on the, the, the x-ray cancer in your body. They might have saw a spot. I'm not denying that. But it ain't truth. It's not the highest form of reality that exists because his word is the highest form of reality. That's what I'm saying about revealed knowledge. When my body speaks to me, I have a higher knowledge. 
I have a higher level of wisdom. It's his wisdom and his knowledge, a reality that is above the circumstance that I see, hear, or walk in. God's word is above it. That's why when, when God said stop, the world stopped. When God said start, the world started. When God said separate the waters from the waters and the seas and the earth, it separated. When God said there was light, there was light because his reality. Now you didn't get this. His word supersedes the conditions that exist because it's the highest level. So when God said, he's going to supply all my need. That's the highest. Oh, y'all didn't get that. Y'all didn't get that. There is nothing higher than God's word. It isn't that you're not going. It isn't that there aren't jobs out there. I know the economy has been bad. I know the job situations are bad. That ain't my reality. Because I've got a God word on it. I've got a revealed knowledge on it. I've got the word of God. And his word is higher. I don't care if they got to make a job. God got a job for me. Don't you get what I'm trying to say to you? God is bigger. God's word is larger. God's word is over and above whatever you're facing. And if we'll stand on God's word, having done all to stand, baby, woo, stand. Don't you get it? Ain't nothing bigger than God's word. Your condition is not bigger than God's word. Your situation is not bigger than God's word. God's word has settled it. It will forever be settled. It will not change because God does not change. His word does not change so you can change. The highest form. Job 36, 11 says this. If they obey him and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. You ought to look at that. Let's go over there. Job, 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 36, 11. Turn over there. I know y'all have read Job before and they told you that this was your lot in life. And everybody that wants to criticize a message like this will always go to Job and talk about, look what Job went through. Look at Job. I mean, he lost this and he lost that and he lost the other and he lost this and he lost that and he lost the other. And look... You ain't Job. Job was the first book written in the Bible. We know that. We also know the conditions that existed then were not the conditions that exist now. God and Satan are no longer talking. And I saw Satan and beheld him falling from heaven. I know he fell in the choir loft. I won't go there. <laughs> Some got that. Others was. There's <laughs> always something going on at church. You know what I'm about? Always something. I've been in church my whole life, and every time I ain't been in one yet that's perfect. I looked. I did. I looked. They wasn't one. They ain't no perfect church. And I'm telling you, they, don't, they ain't no perfect church. You can hunt, 
Search the world over, but you ain't never going to find a perfect church. There ain't one. There going to be people talking in your church, talking about other people in your church. Going to talk about your pastor in your church. Going to talk about you in your church. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. That's because the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. <laughs> if they obey him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. You know this, Job, listen to this. Job had twice as much in the end as he had in the beginning. The condition lasted nine months. Nine months. Theologians say it only lasted nine months. Now, people get mad at this. They get mad when you preach this stuff because they want to hang on to their right to be sick. They want to hang on because God's the one who does all that, you know. They want to hang on to their right to be poor. They want to hang on to their right for this and hang on to this. Hang on. God puts us through tribulation. God. What he said. What he said. It's just through tribulation. God tribulates us. They shall spend their days. This is Job. They shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. And if Job had kept his mouth shut, he'd never had any of the problems he had. He said, that which I feared the most has come upon me. His mouth got him in trouble. He had a fear in his heart that was not faith, and he caused his own dilemma and caused his own, dis own problems. In the end, the Bible says that he gave him twice as much. When he finally prayed for his friends, God turned his captivity around. And it wasn't God who brought the captivity in him. It was the devil. The word has to be supreme in your life. You've got to have a revelation knowledge of what God wants in your life. This is what John 10, 10 said in the message translation. A thief is only there to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that you can have real and eternal life, more and better than you ever dreamed of. That's what the word of God said. I want to give you one last one. You know, I said this a minute ago. People like to hang on to their right to tribulate. And you say, well, how do you know? I mean, I mean I've heard that my whole life. And you have. And it comes from John 16, 33. I want to shed some light on something. I talk about revealed word, revealed information from God. And listen to this. I, I, I don't want you to put the whole scripture. Put, take it back down. I'm going to read it, and then we'll put it up. Put it down. John 16, 33. Turn over there. John 16, 33. John 16, 33. Now, look, you are going to go through stuff. I did not say you aren't going to go through stuff. I did not say that the thief would not come to steal, kill, and destroy. I didn't say that. I did not say that there wouldn't be uh, challenges there wouldn't be times of trouble. I didn't say that. I did not say that. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. We know that to be the case. The problem is we leave out the buts. Remember I said, I started this off. Y'all thought I was being funny. But I want y'all to remember something. Them big buts don't lie. I like them big buts. John 16, 33. You ready? These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. Wait, 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 don't read on. Stop. Don't look further. 
Because that's what everybody in the church has done for years. And we're going to have tribulation. Oh, yeah, we're going to tribulate. And they will fight with you and fight with you and fight with you and stand up and yell at you about their right to tribulate, their right to be in a mess. God put them there. But, and if you miss the but, the but I came that you might have life and have it more importantly. And all you had was the thief came to kill, steal, and destroy. If all you got was, yeah, you're going to face tribulation. Listen to the message. Listen, this is the Amplified, actually. Amplified says this. I told you these things so that you may have, that you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you're going to have tribulations, trials, distresses, and frustrations. Tribulations, trials, frustrations, and distresses. Distresses. I did not say you would not have them. You will. You will. Look at somebody. You will. There will be frustrations, tribulations, trials, distresses, issues, challenges. They coming. But. Huge but. Big old big but. You'll never forget this message. I promise you ain't never going to forget this message. You are never, you're going to remember my butt. You're going to remember everything I said about butt. Big but. And it's on purpose because I don't want you to forget it. I don't want you to forget that. I want you to get this. Stop walking around fighting for tribulation and distresses and dysfunction. You don't have to have it. Listen to what it says. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You are in the world going to have that. But glory to God, be of good cheer. He's overcome the world. You don't have to live in it. Yeah, go ahead. Let me do some shouting. Yeah, yeah. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ain't got to have none of that stuff. Jesus came that I might have a life beyond whatever I dreamed of. He came that I could have life and have it more abundantly. He, God called me to be a success. He called me to be over and above. Stand up on your feet. Come on, give him a shout.